0: Hello and welcome to the first installment of Tops 10, brought to you by KTXT Radio and the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University in beautiful Lubbock. Tops 10 seeks out successful and influential people in politics and government, the many professions, the physical and social sciences, or the arts and humanities, and asks them to reveal their lives, ideas, and ideals through their playlist. Our format is simple. We ask our guests what 10 or so pieces of music mean the most to them, and to tell us the story behind the infatuation. I'm David D. Perlmutter, professor at and dean of the college, and the originator and sometimes host of Top 10. Today, for our very first episode, I have with me Mr. Texas Tech, the chancellor of the university system, Kent R. Hans. Welcome, Chancellor Hans. Glad to be here. Chancellor, we're all busy, but I, the other day I was thinking, you have some 34,000 students and their parents and blood relatives. You have thousands and thousands of faculty across several campuses, administrators. You have maybe 150,000 people who can feel they can call you up to complain about something or make an important suggestion every day. You are really a busy man. How do you find time for music in your life?
1: Well, when I'm in the car, uh, and um, I always listen to music, and uh, I always love music, I grew up in a Baptist church, and uh, uh, we sang a lot of uh, gospels, traditional gospels, and I always enjoyed that. And then I tried out for the choir, and, and they said, someone's throwing us off key, and they had everybody sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and they told me, you don't need to be in the choir. Uh, God gave you other talents. <laughs>
0: Is that so, when you decided not to go into the rock yeah, star career?
1: I, did, I decided that singing wasn't uh, wasn't going to be my uh, uh, number one thing that I would do. Was
0: church your first experience of live music?
1: Uh, it was. Uh, I'd never been around live music and probably the uh, uh, that was the only live music I was around was church and school until I was about 17 or 18. And a performer by the name of Skeeter Davis uh, came to uh, Dimmit and uh, played at a rodeo barn there, and it was packed. And she later recorded uh, End of the World, and that uh, that was uh, a song that uh, was popular in '63 and made number one on the country and Western, and made number one on the pops. And I, I remember I. Uh, Two days after Kennedy was assassinated, I was uh, going back to Dimmitt uh, to see my parents, and uh, I was uh, going through shallow water, and uh, Skeeter Davis was singing End of the World. And uh, I always remember that.
0: Sometimes a song comes out, and it's about one thing. As I remember that song was about the end of a relationship. And, it was. Her boyfriend had broken up with her, or marriage, I'm not sure. But – Uh, very appropriate for uh, November uh, 1963 right do you remember when you were growing up that music was a part of life at home how did your family listen to music
1: well they listened to music on the radio uh, and uh, my uh, mother uh, liked to sing uh, uh, gospels and so you know whether it was what a friend we have in Jesus or blessed assurance or uh, in the garden rock of ages all of them i mean we knew them all and that uh when we'd uh, go to church see them you know a lot of the people that weren't regulars would use a, a song book, but the rest of us didn't so she would
0: just sing spontaneously during the day
1: yeah like and,
0: while doing the washing or? sure yeah and
1: they in in that we were encouraged to join in or you know pick a song that we wanted to sing
0: I think a lot of our younger listeners need to have explained to them about a family actually group getting together in the same room and sharing an activity that is not electronic in any fashion. It
1: it is very difficult in this day and time to do that. I know when I was in Congress, we always had uh, dinner without the TV on and uh, and the children there so that uh, you had some quality time together. Uh, you know, uh, quantity doesn't mean anything if you're uh, not uh, sharing that time with each other.
0: You you are a man of faith as well as a man of business and a man of, man of the profession. So I visited for the first time about a week ago the Kent R. Hance Chapel on campus. It's a beautiful building. It is a very peaceful interior. I went in there just to think. You know, I just have a few moments of think. There was somebody else there. Although I noticed that they got a cell phone call and rushed out the door, I think we should have, we should have a no cell phone. <laughs> well, we'll probably at the put that up. Yeah. I hadn't
1: thought about that.
0: I also noticed that they were playing music
1: yeah. there from uh, at the chapel um, from uh, eleven or eleven thirty until about one thirty or two. They play uh, traditional hymns and, and traditional songs that uh, you would hear in any church. Or uh, and I, I want to emphasize to people that. Uh, Chapel is open to all faiths, and that uh, we've had uh, uh, weddings there. Uh, that we've had Christian weddings there. We've had Jewish weddings there, and so it's uh, it's something that is to be utilized by the community as well as the Texas Tech community. and And a lot of people will go in and just uh, you know if, whether a believer or not, if if they just meditate about what their day's about to to have a little time to regain your senses. I mean, we're bombarded with everything, and uh, I tell people, if you have a few minutes every day of peace, and we spent extra money on that uh, uh, chapel, making sure it was pretty well soundproof, and you don't hear anything when you're in there. You don't hear University Avenue 19th or anything like that. It is really quiet and, and well done, I think.
0: And you gave the principal gift for that chapel to be built, and I, I think it's, it's made an impact on, on campus. I know I'm, I'm going to try to get at least 20 minutes a week of peace, uh, and I think maybe that would be the only place on campus I could probably do I, it.
1: I think it is a great place to do that.
0: Now, uh, Chancellor, you and Katy Perry and Avril Lavigne have one thing in common, is that you started your love of music in church, and as you, as you mentioned. Can you tell us about some of the songs that you still retain and are still very important to your life? that have a religious message, and, I, and when I saw your list there, I have to admit there was one song I had never heard before, Drop, Be- Kick Me, Jesus.
1: That's a Bobby Bear song, uh, uh, Drop, Kick Me, Jesus, Through the Goal Post of Life. Uh, the, when that came out in the 60s, that uh, early 60s, some of the radio stations in uh, uh, Abilene wouldn't Play it because they thought it's sacrilegious, and it's it's the only song that uh, was ever on the you know top 100 list in country and western and gospel <laughs> at the same time. People didn't know where to put it, and and the message in that uh, drop kick me Jesus through the goalpost of life, end over end neither left to the right, and uh, th- those are great words and that, uh, you know, it, it, the Bible talks about uh, extremes one way or the other and try to have moderation, and that's what that song's really talking about. And it comes from Bobby Bear, who I think is one of the great performers of all time, and I've visited with him over the phone before. He's a friend of the Corbins, an old radio family that lives here in Lubbock. And uh, Bobby Bear, uh, he, uh, his mother died when he was little. His dad abandoned him. When he was 12 or 13, and uh, he uh, started out and joined the Navy, you know, uh, when he was 17, and he he had had a guitar that somebody had given to him when he was young, and he played that guitar, and he started singing. He's had some popular songs, uh, Detroit City, uh, 500 Miles Away from Home, The Streets of Baltimore. Probably some people will say, well, I've never heard of any of those. And uh, Bobby Bear, if I've got time for one quick story, uh, Bobby Bear got a call. He wrote a song, and uh, it was called God Bless America Again. And he got a call from a lawyer in New York City and he said, uh, uh, Mr. Bear, I represent Irving Berlin. Do you know who he is? He said, yeah, he's a songwriter. He's, he's a dang good one too. And he said, well, you have infringed on his rights. And he started talking to him. and. Bobby Bear said, no, it's a different song. It's called God Bless America Again. And so they kind of got into it. And, and finally, Bobby Bear said, are you telling me you don't like my song? And the guy said, uh, he said, are you telling me Mr. Berlin, Urban Berlin, doesn't like my song? And you don't like my song. He said, they're an infringement on his rights. And he said, well, maybe he'll like my new song. And he said, what is it? He said, it's uh, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas Again. Yankee Doodle Dandy again. And he named every Irving Berlin song that he could think of and put again on it. Finally, the lawyer hung up never did call him back. They, I guess they probably thought he was a nut or something. They just gave up on it.
0: That is a completely original way to deal with litigation.
1: Yeah, well, right? he, he, you know, Bob Bear did a great job of it, and, and uh, but he, he is a great entertainer.
2: Drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalposts of life. End over in neither left nor to right, straight through the heart
1: of them righteous uprights, drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life.
2: Make me oh make me Lord more than I am. Make me a peace in your master game plan, free from the
3: earthly tempestion below. I've got the will, Lord, if you got the toe. Drop, kick me, Jesus,
2: through the goalposts of life. End over, end, neither left nor to right. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Drop, kick me, Jesus, through the goalposts of life.
0: Now you have several other songs which also have that message of putting yourself in the hands of of a higher power, a greater power, uh, blessed assurance, was one that you told me about, and that has really a very similar message of saying, uh, "If I believe something, then I will be taken care of," and I have to have that faith and trust.
1: I think that uh, that's a great song. Alan Jackson has recorded a gospel album, album and uh, on "Blessed Assurance," um, it it was. Um, Um, It was written by Fanny Crosby, 1873. Fanny Crosby was blind, and uh, it uh, was put with music uh, that same year. Crosby was vesting one of her friends, Phoebe Knapp, at at the knaps home and they were having a large pipe organ put in you know people didn't have television or anything and they had to entertain themselves and if you if you'd made a little money a pipe organ was a big deal because people would come over to your house and and listen and and uh, anyway the organ was incomplete and they were still working on it and so uh the uh uh, phoebe knap used a piano and played a new melody she had written whereas franny fanny uh cosby was there and she had written the words to blessed assurance which was blessed assurance jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine and that uh she had uh, written that song and so they put the music together with that song and it's been one of the traditional hymns uh that uh, has been recorded by all kinds of people uh throughout uh, the nation
2: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine
1: Oh, what a
2: foretaste of glory divine Heir salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my
0: song.
1: Praising my
0: Savior all the day long. Now you mentioned God Bless America, and I don't know whether people classify that as a religious song or not, but it's become sort of a national anthem. We have America the Beautiful, our official national anthem of of the Star Spangled Banner, and then God Bless America. And as I understand it, God Bless America became very popular somewhat longer after it was written, especially before World War II, when there was a period of real uncertainty, the middle of the, the Depression, storm clouds of war all over the world, democracy, in danger and here's kate smith sort of reassuring us that things can be better and will be better if we retain our american ideals is that an accurate
1: i think it is uh, kate smith uh, boy she could sing she had quite a voice and uh, we had a record by her uh when i was little and we had a record player and and uh play one at a time and that uh she was a favorite uh, we love to hear her sing "God Bless America." I think that song and uh, the national anthem makes me feel of what a great country we have. But it also makes me uh, think about football season because we always sing the national anthem for uh, a game. And that uh, I think those are two great classics that most people know. But the "God Bless America" is just a. Uh, uh, you know, a strong sounding song about uh, this country.
0: whenever I've asked anybody to be on this show, the first thing they say is, well, I'm not sure everybody would like my musical taste. And the second thing they say is that, ah, you know, I'm sort of all over the place, which is true about everyone. I think everybody has a different musical taste. And also, people are complicated, and it's not like you only listen to heavy metal and nothing else. You cover a lot of ground. And I saw here the song My Girl by the temptations now tell us the story behind your listening to my girl the first time was this perhaps a
1: girl in your life nope i just liked the song it was it's a positive song i got sunshine on a cloudy day it's a positive song people like that song anytime i hear it well you know i turn it up i got uh, Kirby Hocutt, uh, the athletic director, we were trying to get a song that people could sing at the end of the third quarter. Not this season, but last season, we we used that at the end of the third quarter a few times.
0: Saying this was a great song, obviously a lot of the songs you think are great songs uh, are ones that are authentically great and, and have sold very well. What does it take, do you think, for a song to be great? How would you classify great? as supposed to just fun to listen to?
1: I th- I think the the for it to be great, it's got to have a good rhythm to it. You know, I was talking about my girl, uh, Smokey Robinson. A lot of people don't know that he wrote that, produced it. And, uh, of course, they put Temptations on the map. It's their signature song. But I I also think the words mean a lot. So for it to be a great song, it's got to have a good rhythm, good beat to it. And it's also uh, got to to have some words that mean something. Now, sometimes you'll have one that has such a good beat, it'll overcome the lack of good words. Or you may have one that, that touches you so closely on the words It overcomes a good beat. But to be a great song, I think it has to have both.
0: And I think that's something that's true about the classic Motown. It's about country and Western and also religious songs, is that obviously people thought a lot about the words because they they had to make sense and they had to get across the message of the song.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they did. And and, uh, you go back to – Whatever area, whether it's Motown or Country and Western or, or whatever, there's just a lot, of, uh, a lot of soul in people when they write those songs, especially a lot of the older ones.
0: Now, you have a job where on any particular day, you might have to speak to 10 different audiences, very different, a group of lawyers, a group of undergraduates and their parents, a group of chemistry professors, and you can't give the same talk to everyone. You have to, like like any good communicator, whether it's a politician or a businessman or a university leader, you have to adapt to the message and the, uh, the words especially to the audience. Uh, do you do you think you're a songwriter? That some of the lessons from great songs you've taken into your life and your, your speaking and your
1: I don't know I I'm so uh, void of any ability when it comes to singing uh, that uh, you know I don't know that I could I've never thought of that <laughs> I don't think it'd sell much and I wouldn't give up my day job
0: but you do you do write you write something for an audience. Oh, so you're, oh, sure. You're
1: aware. Uh, no, I do yeah. that all the time, and, and uh, I do it in my mind. Uh, you, you know, if I'm talking to certain groups, you, you may have some of the th- same themes, but uh, you're always going to have something different And that um, I talk to a lot of groups at Texas Tech, and I, I emphasize the basic foundation of when I came here, and that was to establish 40,000 students on this campus by uh, uh, 2020, and we're well on our way to doing that, and that's something the board backs that uh, our new president fully backs, and there's double research and things like that. And so you make adjustments on the communication, but those are a couple of things. Sometimes you'll just mention them and going by. Other times you'll go into detail on it.
0: Well, of course, before you came to Texas Tech, uh, you were most famous uh, both as as a lawyer, but also as a politician, as a, a Texas state senator, a Texas congressman. Uh, can you talk about the role of music in, in politics? I think um, I remember I, I did a, a book about the rise of political blogs, and I was interested that in um, 2004, which is the first campaign I looked at where social media became really important, one uh, consistent and... Uh, I guess completely understandable object of debate among people who were attending political rallies was what songs should be played. And so there was, for example, for Howard Dean, there was a big faction that said, we have to have a Creedence Clearwater revival who'll stop the rain. And somebody else said, no, it's got to be Bob Dylan. The times are changing. And They were very passionate about this. Did you, did you think about music when you were in politics? What, what was your campaign theme song when you won an election or when you came out to, to give a talk? Now, you didn't play the guitar like Jimmy Davis did in Louisiana. In Louisiana, Louisiana. yeah.
1: yeah. Louisiana, they've had some singing uh, politicians. Of course, they had uh, W. Leo Daniel in Texas that served as governor and U.S. senator, and he uh, had the Light Crust Doughboys, and they would go around singing all over the state, and you'd get to hear the Light Crust Doughboys, who were usually on at every radio station in the state at noon during the day. Well, you'd get to meet them, and, and it, uh, so it, he was not qualified. To be governor, he wasn't qualified to be U.S. senator, but he won both, and uh, so as a result, the voters decided he was qualified, and uh, they based it uh, based on his singing ability. But I didn't have the the only thing that I would ever say that we had a theme uh, song, and it wasn't planned at events. Is we get in the car headed to another rally, we start singing "On the Road Again," uh, just uh, Willie Nelson on the road again and uh, we'd sing that when we would have uh, uh, rallies and you might have a band there uh, we always left it up to them uh, kind of what to play but made sure that the band fit with the group Uh, you didn't take a rock band to uh, do a uh, uh, fundraiser in Muleshoe or Dimmit, where I grew up you had a country and western band
0: well that makes complete sense. To be a politician um, and win, it's often said you have to be the most optimistic person in the race. People don't vote for somebody promising death, destruction, and gloom. With the with possible, people have often said the exception was Winston Churchill, but the fact is he actually lost the, <laughs> the next election that he faced. So you've always been known as a chancellor And as a politician, as somebody who was very hopeful of saying, you know, there are big problems, but we can solve those problems. And one of the songs that you picked, I think, is probably the most famous optimistic song in the history of the world. And that's Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. came out in 1967. Talk about a year where probably a lot of Americans, a lot of people around the world thought that there really wasn't much hope.
1: Louis Armstrong was one of the greatest. I I I love that song, What a Wonderful World. And uh, it's a positive song. And of course, in the '65, '66, '67, there had been so much turmoil. Uh, you had had race rights uh, You had the uh, Vietnam War that was so controversial and split the nation. And and uh, so y- you had all kinds of sides chosen up. Uh, you had the Civil Rights, the Voting Rights uh, Act that passed, and and uh, it it split a lot of people. It split families in some instances and that uh, Louis armstrong's song came at the right time what a wonderful world and and i always uh I, i've got that uh on the dvd and and uh, uh i try to play it every once in a while before i go to bed uh that uh, kind of settle things down and they're not as bad as everybody will tell you uh now in politics i, I there are certain people uh, I always tried to have a pretty positive attitude, and, and, uh, but uh, uh, Hubert Humphrey uh, was always real positive about everything. Uh, Ronald Reagan was. Uh, Reagan uh, uh, was very positive, and then uh, I think my friend that I served with, Jack Kemp, always tried to be real positive, and that, uh, but th- in this day and time, uh, it's, it's hard in campaigns to be real positive. Uh, because uh, people have found out that negative uh, will move poles and move people faster than positive.
2: I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world.
0: Now, of course, some of the songs that you picked in, on your list are, uh, I guess, we could call them either down, downbeat, or down, downer songs. And the one that struck me that uh, you and I share as one of our favorites is uh, Janis Joplin singing the Chris Christopherson song "Me, me and Bobby McGee." Now. I, I've listened to that song maybe 500 times. I, I, I can't find one single optimistic. This is somebody saying she'd trade all her todays for for one yesterday. That you know the one great love of her life, the one great uh, adventure of her life was in the past. Uh, when did you first hear that song? And, and did you 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 were contemporaneous with with Chaplin. Right. You met? Did you meet her? At the Utah no, campus, I didn't. Th-
1: there was uh, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, State Senator Carl Parker represented her. And uh, I was going to meet her at an event, and uh, something came up. I didn't get to go, and I always uh, regretted that. But it was, uh, you know, she had a tough life, and a lot of it was brought on by herself. It was self-inflicted in many cases. And, and she took her life at a time that, uh, that she was probably really depressed. But the first time I heard that song, I just liked it. Busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting for a train, feeling as faded as my jeans. Boy, you can just picture that. She's broke. She's in Baton Rouge. She's waiting on a train, feeling as faded as her jeans. And uh, then you you find out Chris Christopherson, who was a great writer and performer, uh, wrote the song. And that uh, it was uh, it was a top hit. Uh, she recorded it, and that, uh, you know, she went back to her high school reunion and was kind of ignored. And yet, she was really a star. But they didn't know how to handle her. Well, she was and, treated terribly at UT. I mean,
0: they, yeah. the the fraternities voted her the ugliest man on campus or something terrible like that. She I was, didn't know about that. Yeah, one, she was she, she was terribly, terribly hurt by the way she was treated in, in uh the UT community, I don't but
1: but her high school group, yeah. it was it was within weeks after that that uh, that she died, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a sad song. But look, life is not full of everything, honey and roses. It's not. I sing that one uh, several times a week. Busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting for a train.
3: Busted flat in Baton Rouge waiting for a train and I was feeling ears faded as my jeans Bobby thumbed a diesel down just a far it rained and rode us all the way to New Orleans I pulled my harpoon out of my dirty red bandana I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues yeah. when she Every slapping time, I was holding Bobby's hand in We sang every song that Javi knew. Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing, I mean nothing, honey, if it ain't free. If nah, nah, you. Good enough
0: for me and my now some of the other songs that you gave us on your list there also have sort of really important messages or they they come from uh, incidents in American history you're a student of history every time I've ever talked to you you've made some historical references and um, one that, that I found that I, I just never heard of was uh, the Stagger Lee song, which apparently had many different versions over the last hundred years or so. came from an incident in the late 19th century of, a, of, a, of essentially a bar fight and, and a, a killing. Stagger Lee, what does that mean to you?
1: Stagger Lee. Uh, I saw uh, uh, Wilson Pickett perform that in Austin when I was in law school. And, boy, I mean, he got into it. He and and Lloyd Price were two of the ones that made it pretty famous. But that song has been recorded by 428 singers, 428 different artists. Elvis did. The Beatles did. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on. The number of people, um, Lady Gaga, you know, she recorded it. And it's a song that tells a story. In 1895, it didn't say... You know, it didn't talk about his Cadillac because cars hadn't been invented then. but the first of the song, it tells you a little about what was happening. I was standing on the corner when I heard my bulldog bark. He was barking at the children. They were gambling in the dark. Say, what's that all about?" And then you talk about the other people gambling, and uh, dagger Lee was cheated by Billy Lyons. Stagger Lee went home and got his 44, and he came back. Billy Lyons, in the song, it says, don't shoot me, I got three lovely little children and a sickly wife. And he shot him anyway, and it went through the bar and broke the bartender's leg. I mean, that's all in the song. Stagger Lee, I think, is one of the classics, and I ask people if they've ever heard that, and uh, most of the time they haven't.
0: Pointing out how music can divide us, but music can also unite us. And you gave the example before about uh, football, uh, the the score of of games. And I thought that was interesting about the discussion about what should be played. We have an amazing new screen at Texas Tech. If anybody has visited the stadium, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have. And as I understand it, it takes about 10 people to run that screen, including, by the way, I'll mention some students from our college. And it's just nonstop, all the media, uh, not just the images, but the sounds and, and the music that they have to play there. And that's a long time from my earliest rem- memories of football games where they probably have the, the song that to rally the team as they came out on the field and after a big score. Baseball games are more f- probably famous for the individual uh, songs there. Do, do you have uh, music that you associate with, with sports that's important in your life, or some of these songs are connected to sports?
1: Well, I think on sports, uh, anytime I hear the uh, National Anthem, I'm, I'm looking around to see where, when the kickoff's going to take place or the batter up baseball take me out to the ballpark. Those are uh, songs that uh, that I think that are great and people love.
0: I think something else I noticed about your songs is they often tell a story. And uh, if I may embarrass you here, you are known as a wonderful raconteur, a great storyteller of the uh, the Southern tradition, <laughs> of somebody who can tell a tale and uh, keep an audience uh, at the edge of their seat until the the punch line comes. Uh, one song that uh, famous from the box tops, the letter. What is the story of the letter, and what does that mean to you, Chancellor?
1: I love that song. It's, uh, uh, you know, young people in this day in time with emails and everything, they wouldn't understand this. But I uh, uh, used to, if, uh, if you were seeing somebody and they were in another town or another school or whatever, uh, you know, you always look forward to seeing the mail. See if uh, your girlfriend was going to write you a letter. The box tops had a great rhythm. In that, that song, and, and people can go to YouTube and look it up, uh, The Letter by the Box Tops. But what what that song says, it, it starts out, Give me a ticket on an aeroplane. I ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely are the days. I'm going home. My baby wrote me a letter. See, this guy's been away from his girlfriend, and they must have broken up or something. He got that letter. And, boy, I mean, immediately, what'd he do? Give me a ticket on an aeroplane. Ain't got time for a fast train.
0: A greater commitment than just a text, right? Uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, he wasn't sending a text message. He wasn't hitting send on an email. He wasn't reading Facebook. Uh, There was some thought that went into the letters, and probably there's not. (laughs) Ten percent of the people listening to this have uh, ever heard that. But they need to go listen to
2: it. Give me a ticket for an airplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days are gone. Going home, baby, just to me a little. I don't care how much money I got to spend. Got to get back to my baby. Longer days ago, I'm going home, baby, just to whoop me a little.
0: Another famous storyteller, probably uh, for people of a certain age, myself included, that uh, the rock singer the, who. Was famous for telling stories was Harry Chapin, and just a whole W O L D and uh, many others. You pick Taxi.
1: I love Taxi. Boy, it tells a great story. The guy is driving a taxi in San Francisco. This lady that's really dressed up nice hails down the cab. It is raining. And uh, she said, uh, what address? And it was on Park Lane, which that's that's a rich area in San Francisco. And he looked in the mirror, and he said, uh, don't I know you? She said, I don't think so. And then she looked at his license, and she said, how are you, Harry? How are you, Harry? He said, how are you, Sue? And said, they— learned about love in a Dodge (laughs) I mean he says a Dodge not an automobile not a car a Dodge that she was going to be an actress and I was going to learn to fly she was married to somebody in his interpretation for the money and so he was getting stoned and driving so he was smoking dope and driving and she was acting happy so in a sad way they got what they wanted she was going to be an actress which she's acting happy with somebody she didn't love and he was going to learn to fly we was smoking dope driving around in a cab in san francisco it's you know it's worth listening to listen to the words taxi harry chapek
2: it was raining hard in frisco I needed one more fare to make my night A lady up ahead waved a flag me down She got in at the light Oh, where you going to, my lady blue It's a shame you roamed your gown in the rain She just looked out the window she said, 16 parks. I think Something about her was familiar I could swear i seen her face before But she said, I'm sure you're mistaken And she didn't say anything more It took a while, but she looked in the mirror Then she glanced at the license for my name A smile seemed to come to her slowly It was a sad smile, just the same And she said, how are you, Harry? I said, how are you, Sue? Through the too many miles and the two little smiles I still remember
0: you Well, showing your eclecticism and your musical taste, Rod Stewart. Now, I have to tell you, I played Voulez-vous coucher avec moi uh, for my kids since they didn't understand uh, the lyrics. And I told them that this was sort of a naughty song and they, that they just laughed at the idea that any song nowadays, you know, every song, it seems, has something inappropriate in it. So it was a more innocent time when this song was considered uh, sort of naughty. Rod Stewart, a bad boy of rock and roll. Did you ever see him live?
1: I didn't. And uh, I want to someday. It's in my bucket list. He wrote two songs uh, that are great. They're great love songs. One of them, Have I Told You Lately That I Love You? He didn't write it. He recorded it. He did not write that. And Elvis sang that. Uh, But Rod Stewart, uh, I'll just tell the guys that are listening, if you want to make your wife or your girlfriend happy, record that song to them and play it over the phone to them or have it in something when they open it sings that. Have I told
2: you lately that I love you? Have I told you there's no one else above you? Fill my heart with gladness, take away all my sadness, ease my troubles, that's what you do.
1: Rod Stewart's been, you know, famous and he's had, uh, like all people that That have been in—I shouldn't say all—a lot of people that've been in the music business, their lives are not are not easy, uh, for one reason or another. And but but Rod Stewart—I mean—he touches your soul on that. And then the other one that he made that is so great is "You're in My Heart." He sings, "You're in my heart, you're in my soul." Bless the day that we can go grow old. Uh, uh, paraphrasing some of that, but uh, he he was good, and uh, he can put on a, a good show.
0: Chancellor, have your musical tastes changed over your lifetime? There's this interesting research called Generational Preferences that says basically what you grow to love between the ages of say 15 and 29, you're probably going to like that for the rest of your life, whether it's food or uh, movies or, or music. Have your tastes changed from your youth, or are there are there new songs you're listening to now and acquiring them into your playlist?
1: There'll be some new songs, but I, I primarily uh, like uh, I like the old songs that I grew up with. I'll listen to the '60s, '50s, '60s, '70s. I'll to listen to country classic. I'll listen to traditional religious, uh, or I'll listen to easy listening. Or as my kids and grandkids would say, elevator music. But I, but I like to hear uh, uh, easy listening with some of these songs that I mentioned. You know, I, I would say my taste have not changed.
0: Good, <laughs> mine haven't haven't either. Uh, one talk about somebody who's uh, has a reputation of, of being um, straight country is George Strait. George Strait, probably one of the most uh, famous uh, ballad and story singers. Uh, And local song, Amarillo by Morning.
1: That was a song that was written by Terry Stafford. Uh, Terry Stafford was born in Hollis, Oklahoma, just kind of across the line. It's in southwestern Oklahoma. And Terry Stafford, he recorded the song. He uh, recorded that in the early 70s, and he was living in Amarillo at the time. He went to amarillo Paladera High School. He he went to uh, Hollywood. He had played different places in uh, different honky-tonks. He was a guy that, for the people that knew of him, he was big time. He wrote a lot of country and western songs. But he, he played the, uh, he had that song "Amarella by Morning. It sold a little, but not much. And 10 years later, George Strait, in uh, 1983, 84, he took it to number one, and it stayed at number one for a long time. Uh, I hear this song, I think, about running in a campaign. I ran a Senate race in 84, and that uh, we'd do tours around the state. We'd have a King Air airplane. We'd stop in major media markets. The next to last stop, last stop would be Lubbock because it was home. Next to last stop was always Amarillo. And I always think about that. Amarillo by Morning, up from San Antonio. You know, he's broke. He's a cowboy. I mean, uh, it's not a glamorous life if you listen to his words. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's great music, I think. I think it's one of the best country western songs ever recorded. And I, I saw a couple of years ago, it was listed as the 12th best country western song of all times. Amarella by Morning.
2: Amarillo by morning Up from San Antonio Everything that I got Is just what I've got on When that sun is high In that Texas sky I'll be bucking at the county fair Amarillo by morning
0: You've given many examples of songs that have been recorded, covered by numerous artists, but only one has the breakthrough where it becomes famous. Why do you think some people can take a song, even not their own song. I mean, the original artist isn't, isn't famous for it, but somebody else comes along and does it, and somehow that becomes the signature of that song.
1: There's been a lot of songs somebody to write. Uh, you know, John Denver, uh, who was a fraternity brother of mine at Texas Tech. His name was John Duchendorf. Why
0: would he possibly change that? I have no. Uh, (laughs) Were you the one who said maybe? Yeah, actually, as I understand it, you said John Detroit might be the really.
1: Uh, No, no, uh, or John Lubbock. Uh, Uh, Lubbock. That wouldn't have done it, but uh, he wrote a song called "Leaving on a Jet Plane," and he in he told me uh, in uh, I was in Austin. He called me. He was in California. He said he had written a song that was going to be famous and uh, leave it on a jet plane. Well, that doesn't mean anything. You know, okay, so what? I said, who's going to sing it? He said, Peter, Paul, and Mary. And they were the hottest trio, the hottest folk song group in the nation in the 60s and early 70s. And I'm thinking to myself, if they're going to record it, that's big time. And then he later recorded it. But you, uh, uh, Annie's song, is one of the great songs that he wrote. And he also uh, wrote and sang, I'm Sorry. You know, uh, and this is out of his book, so it's not, you know, I'm not telling something that he didn't he didn't write and he didn't tell. And that is that uh, he had some problems in life. You know, he got a couple of DWIs, and, and there were some domestic problems he had. And he wrote a song called I'm Sorry. And that song says, I'm sorry for the way things are in China. I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that, I'm sorry for that. But most of all, I'm sorry for myself because I'm without you now. She left him.
2: I'm sorry for the way things are in China. I'm sorry things ain't what they used to be. More than anything else, I'm sorry for myself. You're
1: not here with me And uh, he, uh, uh, that, that's a, a great song, and I, I should have had uh, Annie's song uh, on my list, but it's uh, it's excellent.
2: You fill up my senses Like a night in a forest Like the mountains in spring springtime Like a walk in the rain Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me again
0: And the final song, and and I think this is one probably I could even get my uh, young children to listen to, because they like songs that have a a great beat, All Shook Up.
1: You know, I love that song. Elvis came out and made it famous. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. My hands are sweating. My knees are weak. Shaking like a leaf on a tree. I mean, uh, he tells a story there. I always liked that song, and there's been other people record it. Not long ago, I'm watching football with my grandsons late, and uh, it was uh, the den and the kitchen are next to each other. And so I'm going to the kitchen, get something, and I hear I'm all shook up. And it was by a woman that, 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 that I didn't know who it was. It was a female voice, and uh, it was a real sexy type voice. And I said something about, who is that? Somebody, I mean, they were watching TV, and they kind of giggled and laughed. I go back in just as they were. And Avila, who is a great singer, was singing I'm All Shook Up. And what it is, it's an ad for condoms. And, uh, and I thought to myself, there's a song that someone has taken and tried to use it for commercial purposes. And it makes me think back several years ago, Alan Jackson had a song called Mercury. I'm going to drive my Mercury in uh, Best on the Road. There have been a few songs that someone could take and they could make it a commercial. Not many, but a few. And then you see some that come up from time to time. uh that will advertise some car or something. They had one uh, that Volkswagen had, uh, Working Man, and they played that for a while. But Mercury, the funny thing about it, Mercury, the a uh, Mercury car dealer told me that they tried to get Mercury, when that song first came out, to buy the rights on it. And it, it hung around for a long time, and then uh, Alan Jackson sang it. See, you or I could go out and sing something and nobody would listen, except their families. But if Alan Jackson, George Strait, somebody like that records it, they're going to listen.
3: Oh, well, bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm twitching and I'm shaking like a leaf.
0: You announced uh, about a month ago that uh, you were planning to retire. You will become Chancellor Emeritus. Do you think you'll have the opportunity to listen to just a little bit more music than you do now?
1: I look forward to being able to listen to more music, uh, more so than you can imagine. And that, you know, with cell phones, uh, lots of times uh, you get in your car to drive home or drive the office and you're on the phone the whole time. And lots of times I won't answer my phone in the car. I just want some quiet time. I turn it off and uh, so I can listen to some real music. You know, one thing you always have to remember if you get a good beat song that's positive and everything, if you're not careful, you get a speeding ticket because you can start driving a little faster.
0: I think we could get some Texas Tech researchers to do a study on that. You know, what, what prob- song are people playing when they're pulled over by the police? <laughs> I did a, a research project many years ago where I rode along with police officers, and and uh, there 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 did well. Of course, it was it tended to be teenagers, and this was the uh, '90s, so there were a lot of uh, heavy metal songs played as they were pulling them over. And I always got me that people wouldn't turn the music down. You know, the officers coming over, sir. Did you know you were? And they're just still banging away there. You know,
1: you know that's. Uh that shows a lack of good judgment. Um, I uh, I think that you know, uh, anytime you're pulled over, you need to remember such words as yes sir and no sir, and be polite. And if you're going to argue about it, wait and argue in court, uh, but uh, not on the spot
0: close up here we often ask uh, what music has taught you and you just mentioned good judgment and a lot of your songs to me have in common the right singer at the right time with the right words and the right music are there the l- lessons that you feel that music has taught you that have helped you in your career in your life
1: well I just I like stories uh, uh, songs that tell a story uh, that uh, you know in taxi uh, they, they were going to get married, and it just didn't work. It, the timing wasn't right. And then later, it just uh, it, it, it wasn't right again. And It wasn't meant to be. Uh, you, you look at uh, Busted Flat and Baton Rouge. I mean, that's a sad song. But there are people that, and I can identify with people, there are times that you're going to have difficulties and that you may not be uh, much better off than the one that's busted flat in Baton Rouge waiting for a train, feeling as faded as my jeans. Uh, that uh, That's something that, uh, you know, I just think they tell good stories and that uh, uh, the Stagger Lee, that's a story from 1895. Most recorded song ever. You know, you're looking at 428 Artist have recorded that song, and you didn't even know the song. You'd never heard no, it. No, no. In that, uh, I'm, too
0: to, I, I'm too young. I understand
1: yeah. that. Uh, that, but I do think this. I think that a lot of people that are artists, they'll record songs to try to make a living, but they'll they'll have some itch that they want to scratch and sing a Stagger Lee or something that may not be famous, but they just like the song, and uh, they may like the story. Um, and, and a lot of these were not well-known, but I do think that, like My Girl by The Temptation, uh, most every group knows and has heard that one.
0: And I guess a, a closing from my end, one of the things that I've often heard by people who've known you and the different iterations of your career is whatever you did, you really tried to do it well and you did it passionately. Like you obviously love being chancellor and you've done so many great things for our university because you really want to be here and you really love Texas Tech. And when you were in politics, you loved campaigning. You were, you were great talking to people on the stump. Uh, connecting with voters and listen listening to them, I, that's a lesson for our students, isn't it? Is that whatever you do, please love it, or else you're not going to enjoy it.
1: You got to do it with enthusiasm, and I want to be put on my tombstone someday. He did not rust. Uh, you know, don't 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 rust. Be out there moving. And Darrell Royal, the old football coach at UT, one time said, "Luck never hit a guy sitting in the shade." You got to be enthusiastic about what you're going to do, and expect great results. Uh, There was a football player played in the NFL from Lubbock named Bobby Lane, and Bobby he was a character. But uh, someone said about him, he he always, you know, he was always optimistic. He thought he could, you know, if they if they were behind 20 points, he felt like that he could rally him. And they, they were talking about how optimistic he was, and they said, when he walked in a grocery store, immediately he thought he was the best shopper there. <laughs> I like that.
0: Well, thank you. Chancellor Kent R. Hans. thank you for joining us at TopS 10, and enjoy your listening. We will, too.
1: Okay. Thank you for having me, and uh, we're glad to have you, Dean. And uh, we uh, you replaced a great one, but you're going to do just as good, if not better. I've got a good playlist. Thank you. Thank you.